1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: This is literally the midway point of our work week. Two shows and two hours in. I do like the symmetry. I'm big on uh, the accounting, the math, if you will, and everything evening out. But as we move forward through this hour, we get closer to the weekend. And man alive, if you haven't heard the travel statistics on Thanksgiving week... (gasps) Safe to say we're just about back to our regular rhythms from 2019, but we'll get to that coming up. We got a little, a little time, a few days, but only a few days until Thanksgiving, which is why I am stopping at the grocery store on my way home on Wednesday morning to start to gather what I need for Thanksgiving, because I don't want to deal with all you crazy people who wait till the last second. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, our home show here on CBS Sports Radio, we're inside the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. You can find me on Twitter, A Law Radio. But coming up this hour, just about thirty minutes from now, it's your chance to ask Amy anything. I know you all wait until the last second. You are procrastinators, after my own heart. I totally get it. I cannot lambaste you or criticize you for for putting it off until the last second. I'm just telling you that producer Jay is already on the prowl. He's perusing both of our social media sites to look for your questions. And we're also collecting questions for a video version of ask Amy. Wait till you see the outfit I've picked out. I sound like a chick, don't I? I mean, I I am a girly girl, but it's, it's not that it's, it's going to be the debut of a gift that I receive from a Hall of Fame football player. I've never worn it on a, for a picture or in a video. In fact, I haven't worn it at all yet. But it's coming out for the video. The Ask Amy Anything video version that will do. Thanksgiving, football, holiday themes. So those creative, unique questions, Producer James is going to save for this video that we're going to record coming up in the next few days. So you've got... I mean, I feel like this is a great challenge for you all to come up with questions that have never been asked before. Rack your noggins, be creative, be unique, and send those to our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, or our Facebook page. And again, our radio version, our our boring radio version, our theater of the mind version, comes up about 30 minutes from now, After Hours CBS Sports Radio.
3: Josh Allen puts Gabe Davis in motion and Davis is behind Allen and he tried to push him. He didn't get out of there! He didn't get out! He did not get out! That's a safety! Give it to us! Give us the safety! Look at what's taken so long! Oh Bill, the ball hey, came out! Down. Yeah, drop that ball, Josh Allen! That ball came loose! Holy cow! Allen back to pass in the pocket to the end zone. Yes! It is by Patrick Peterson! I and he slides down! Woo! And the Minnesota Vikings are eight and one what a game! We're still having fun, we're eight and one! And they come to Buffalo
2: and they walk off on Stefan Diggs and the Buffalo Bills! We're still having fun. We're eight and one. That's how Paul Allen and Pete Bursich tied a bow on what was a stunning finish. Wild, wacky, wonderful eight and one start for the Minnesota Vikings, which is completely crazy. The the number of iconic calls that we have heard from Paul Allen over the course of, gosh, the number of years that I've uh, been listening to him. We have such great announcers in the NFL, specifically in the NFC North. We've gotten to be friends, and so it's always an honor to have him on the show. We had to accommodate his schedule. He's a little exhausted after that Sunday game in Orchard Park, New York. But pleased to welcome to the show now, here after hours, Paul, it was... It was wild. It was total insanity. That was my NFL hashtag: total NFL insanity, based on the finish of the Vikings and the Bills. So, take us inside the booth. What were your emotional uh, swings like from your perspective inside that radio booth?
3: Highmark Stadium is honestly one of my favorites. And being a, a team from the NFC North, outside of the preseason, we never get to go there. And you know, and it's very close to the field close to the fans and uh there's not a bad seat in the house and it's just a beautiful wonderful environment it snowed in the first half (laughs) that was kind of majestic and surreal and you know but the fans it they're not like commander's fans uh where we actually had a problem in the booth the week before with a fan and or philly fans where you know their reputation precedes them and, and it's legit i've been there enough to know it's legit including week two when we were getting blown out, and they kept telling me and the analyst Pete Bursage we were number one, but they were using the wrong finger. So you, you have a way in games like this, Amy, where the energy of the fans, the adoration for the team, and the recognition of how good this game has become, well, they, they all meld. And then you almost like take it personally into the microphone <laughs> that you want your team to win, but you want the fans to hear loud-ass announcer guy uh, blurt out, "And he's <laughs> And so they all turn around, and you know they're still winning by double digits. But we just had to let them know that we were there, and that we're just not some seven and one flim flam operation. Just happy to be here. So it, all of that played into the emotions. Then you get to some of the quirkiest and strangest plays yes. that honestly I've ever seen as long as I've called Vikings football, and You know, this old dog likes new tricks, but I was getting too many of them, and I I was becoming overly stimulated. (laughs) So that that whole thing just happened in about a 90-minute span of time, and it's something I'll never forget.
2: I just have to know, why is it that the Vikings can't blow teams out? Why do they have to make it so dramatic every single time, Paul?
3: Great question, and um, and that's been a common thread and or refrain at Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center, the, the Vikings practice facility. They wonder, too, and the new coach, Kevin O'Connell, uh, you know, Mike Patton is his right-hand man, associate head coach, former head coach of the Browns. He's been around longer than Kevin. So is the defensive coordinator, Ed O'Donnell. He's been around longer than both of them, and <laughs> their heads spin, too. But the bottom line is... It's a different year in the NFL. The NFC has a confluence of circumstances that we identified, at least I did, into the season where, okay, he's Brady, but he has a new coach. All right, he's A-Rodge, but his bailout guy went to the AFC. Russell went to the AFC. The Rams are the target of which to shoot, but they've experienced some injuries. Niners are always super tough. I shortchanged the Eagles and so on. So coming into the season, I felt the Vikings had a better chance than most to win a bunch of games, but I didn't know how it was going to happen. So whether you're coming back from two touchdowns down at home against Detroit and the stadium is eerily quiet, or you're relying on a double joint from Will Lutz from 61 in London, or you're down 17 to Josh Allen in Orchard Park late in the third quarter and you win, that's the bottom line, cliche as it is. It has to be the bottom line. And, um, and you know, they, they did kind of blow out Miami a little bit. I mean, and, now, granted, it was without Tua, and that does matter. But uh, they did win that one rather clearly.
2: Paul Allen, that familiar voice from the Vikings radio network. Some iconic calls already uh, this season, and we're only halfway through as the Vikings move to 8-1. and one. And what was your special tagline about 8-1, and one, Paul?
3: Well, it, it plays off uh, an old-school song by a band called Orleans. We're uh, we're still having fun and we're still the one. You are still the one. It was a little one hit wonderish. So on my radio show on KFAM, you know, Mondays when we win, the producer Nordo will put together a montage with highlights leading up to the hook. And and when that hook came in like a month and a half ago, I just got into the microphone and started going, We're still having fun. Bikes are four and one. We are four and one and that was it right there. So that was in my mind somehow. Uh, so we're still having fun. We're 8-1.
2: Oh, it fits so perfectly. It's always exciting to have Paul here on the show after hours on CBS Sports Radio. Kind of funny how Kirk Cousins has all of, all of a sudden become the rage in the NFL. I feel like I've seen him on literally every TV and radio outlet that covers sports in the last week, going back to the trip to Washington, of course, the shirtless videos with the bling, and literally everywhere. How have you seen him? Show another side of his personality this year.
3: That is a wonderful, wonderful question. And, you know, as you can imagine, when you're a shiny toy at 8-1 and one and, you know, the, uh, the childlike announcer goes crazy on the mic, uh, <laughs> I've had a lot of interview requests over the last couple of weeks, and, uh, and I've done most, if not all, of them. And I get a lot of Cousins questions. I never got one the way you, the way you laid it out. Yay. And I'm glad you did it that way, Amy, because that, that is an A topic with this team, the acceptance of Kirk Cousins, the Christian, Kirk Cousins, the awkward bookworm who sits in the first row of every single class, uh, and Kirk Cousins, the 500-ish quarterback throughout his career who has only won one playoff game. All right, so you got all that. So now, you know, you and, and many people have seen the uh, Kirko chains bit that they created <laughs> in first class after we uh, we won in London. Uh, he didn't do it this week. Patrick Peterson did, but nevertheless. The, the In essence, Kirk is the last person uh, that's going to bring attention to himself. He's very awkward with it, very uncomfortable. And, you know, he, he's going to look at the world through the eyes of Scripture where we are all the same, whether you make his money or you're the guy picking up the cups in the stadium. So when you come from that standpoint, it, when you get a massive amount of positive attention, it flies in the face of who he is if it's not handled right, and he's just uncomfortable with it. So this group, led by Christian Derosaw, the left tackles, the Darius Smith, the former Packer, and and I think Patrick Peterson and some others, well, they basically forced it on him, being like, we know you're humble, and and yes, we, we know you're different when we have conversations with you, and you're incredibly smart. So we're going to force you into this Kirkos situation, <laughs> and we are going to celebrate you. I'm not comfortable speaking for players or coaches, but I'm going to speak for Kirk here uh, because I've been with him all of his career here, and I, I know him quite well. This, this is the most joyous, comfortable, fun time he's ever had in his professional career because he's accepted finally for who he is, and he's heard so much crap about not being a leader. Well, I've always had a problem with that because it's my belief leadership is anointed and players and coaches and others put that leadership tag on you. Well, that's what this team has done. Inherently, the quarterback is the leader due to the complication and uh, magnitude of what you do and how often you do it. But nevertheless, a leader doesn't have to be Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or some quarterback F-bombing the offensive line or receivers up and down the bench in a tight game caught on TV. It doesn't have to be that. Kirk is a born leader. It just is not the way man or the public or certain people want to envision a leader. So this group has empowered him in a way no other group has since I've been here. No other group has in his career. And he's a fantasy football anomaly in that his numbers aren't as good as they have been even last year. However, he's making the most cold-blooded throws and the best throws that he's ever made in his life this season, and he is the leader of the Minnesota Vikings
2: certainly helps when you've got the weapons around him that he does. And we you mentioned Stephon Diggs. We see the relationship between Josh Allen and Stephon that's developed. We know about the relationship between, say, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Well, now Kirk Cousins has a Justin Jefferson that he can throw the ball to, who can almost catch anything that is in the vicinity, his general zip code. What was your perspective on that fourth down catch in the fourth quarter where he goes up with the one one hand, and essentially has to muscle it away from the defensive back?
3: First of all, the throw has to be perfect, uh, and it was. So that that's off what I just said. Secondly, Jefferson's catch one-handed uh, with the temperature of 28 degrees, and Cam Lewis, the DB for the Bills, has the ball, and Justin ripped it away. It truly is one of, one of the greatest catches you're ever going to see. Uh, the fact that it was fourth and 18, you obviously had to have it. So it's that plays into the confluence of circumstances that we've seen Amy through the first nine. One thing I say, you know, when I chat with players or coaches, either on the radio or not, is the fearless gene. Not everybody has it. God has to give it to you. You can't just wake up one day and say, "Hey, I'm going to be a completely different person," and <laughs> just go in there and and I'm going to have faith over fear and not be scared. It doesn't work like that. This team doesn't panic ever. This team is fearless whether it wins or it loses or whatever's going on this team does not fear any circumstance and so far they're coming through basically every time
2: paul allen of the vikings radio network is with us here after hours on cbs sports radio you bring up leadership the leadership of Kirk cousins and I also wanted to highlight the new head coach, because here's something that has stood out to me. I don't understand why Kevin O'Connell is not getting the same attention for what he's done in his first few months with the Vikings. What stands out about this new head coach?
3: It's ridiculous if he's not. And it also plays into the common thread, Amy, where it's we're beating these teams that are perceived bad. You know, the Saints, the Lions, Kyler in Arizona, and so on and so on. But nevertheless, they're still winning the games. And nobody around the facility cares what anybody around the country thinks of them. In (laughs) fact, the cliche from the coaches would be they'd rather fly under the radar. And they ain't under the radar after that Buffalo win. So um, uh, O'Connell is doing a coach of the year type job here. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, I think it truly is a childlike happiness and joy. That the players, the coaches, and everybody intimately associated with the football program possesses, and that Kirko Chain's bit is part of it. It's how players are handled in meetings when they're making mistakes. You know, they're they're not going to be torn down in front of their cohorts. There are just layer there. There's layer after layer after layer of things that were said into the season, and they have lived up to the hype. And you know, being old school, I've heard a lot of things for a long time, Miss Lawrence. And they, whether it's a prize fight or whether it's a big game or it's a culture change or whatever, it rarely lives up to the hype. There are so many things that I heard into the season that needed to be changed and will be changed and have been changed, and it's tangible, and I'm seeing it. and And I'm seeing it every single week. And so that right there, the fact that you lay out a plan and then you execute the plan the way you laid it out and it's working – that not only is—I mean—that is not only underrated; it's rare when it happens, and it's happening here.
2: What is unique about Kevin that they respond to him?
3: That's an excellent question. I think with Kevin, and, well, he's the first-year head coach, and the general manager Quasi Adolfo Mensa is the first-year general manager. Now, Quasi's right-hand man is Ryan Grigson, who used to be the GM for the Colts. Kevin's right-hand man is Mike Pettin, the former head coach of the Cleveland Browns, longtime defensive coordinator. Ed Donatel has coached football for many decades at a high level. Then you have Wes Phillips, Bum's grandkid and, um, and Wade's son. Well, mm-hmm. this is his first year as an offensive coordinator. The, court, the quarterback's coach, Chris O'Hara, first year doing that. So you have a lot of newbies. Matt Daniels with special teams first year. So therefore, they're going to be learning on the fly, too. Kevin delegates. He does not have to have the right answer. And if Kevin recognizes something that somebody else notices with a first-year play caller as a head coach or other things, he does not have ego. There's no ego. No ego around here. And and there's just a culture of joy and happiness, even after that Eagles loss. I was Because I do a weekly one-on-one interview with Kevin for KFAN and mm-hmm. some other things with him. And after we got killed by the Eagles on Monday Night Football, everybody saw it. And, and so we're going to tape it the next day. Of course, we had a mechanical with the plane, so we didn't get back to like 530 in the morning. Oh, Everybody's tired, and people are cranky that they just got killed. <laughs> well, he was the exact same in the interview later that day as he was the week before. He's the same all the time. That's very important.
2: Here they are, same record as the Philadelphia Eagles after the Eagles lost on Monday Night Football. All right, Paul, before I let you go, it's a strange year for the NFC North, but you've seen this division for a lot of years. What are your impressions through the first half of the North?
3: Green Bay losing Devontae. I, I, would, told, I would tell everybody who would listen, and I'm not from Minnesota. I'm from Washington, D.C. I moved here full-time in 98, been voice of the Vikings since '02. So I want to beat Green Bay because that's always the target at which to shoot in the division. But I don't have that next door neighbor family Green Bay Packer shoe size (laughs) contest thing that that tens of thousands in this state have. So I don't come at it from that point. But I told everybody that losing your bailout guy, Devontae Adams, this is not a one or two game thing. You know, this is that's a lot and it's going to be a lot. So that turned out was bearing its fruit. That's helped a lot. And then they got hurt and then we killed him week one. So from the NFC North, Fields is running all over the place and, and looking great at doing it, but they're not winning. The Lions are improving, but they haven't improved enough. Green Bay took such a massive step back without Devontae. And then we take Zedaria Smith. We take their outside linebackers coach, Mike Smith. That was a major, major move by these guys, the Vikings. And, and Green Bay has had to kind of twist in the wind trying to figure it out. And they just got so far behind in the division that, yeah, I mean, I, it would be an absolute puzzler if the Vikings don't win the division.
2: Can you believe it's been 20 years for you doing this gig? Well, yeah, it's a, that's an interesting
3: question because, you know, over uh, the last X amount of years, through the pandemic, calling road games from U.S. Bank Stadium Ugh. and just some other things, not only in my life with, with where my personal life has gone, but just just just, you know, I've done the job a long time where, there was a side of me where I could kind of take it or leave it. Um, God gifted me in a way where when we push on and you get that boom, well, the fans are going to get what the fans deserve. And, and I call the games for the fans to give them a diversion in their lives if they need it. Yes. But um, I'm, I'm just completely bit with this whole thing. For the first time in my career, Amy, calling games in this Buffalo game, I said multiple times to the analyst, Pete Persich, I love this scene. I am so in love with this team. And a lot of it really has to do with, with with Cousins finally seeing people from all walks of life embrace Kirk Cousins. I mean, he may be more interested in talking about the fall of Babylon compared to getting bombed at a bar. And guess what? That's okay. And it's accepted who he is. And to see him as happy as he is, that that brings me so much joy that it's reinvigorated my actual joy for the job.
2: A culture of joy and happiness, and it starts from the top and is filtered down, and no doubt that is a major piece of why the Vikings are 8-1 because the team has got that special chemistry. You can find Paul on Twitter at PA on the mic, M-I-C, and not only is he the voice of the Vikings for 20 years, but also on KFAN in Minneapolis. Paul, it's always good to connect with you. We love listening to you every single week, and uh, yeah, as long as the Vikings are winning, no doubt we get these icons calls (laughs)
3: well yeah we got Dallas next they're going to be a handful for whatever the reason we uh we're underdogs at home I can't understand that then you can just put this in the back of your mind we're still having fun I think we're going to be nine and one (laughs) thank you Paul all right bye Amy
2: I love that he's singing, and he has zero fear about singing on national radio or the Vikings radio network. We're still having fun, and you're still the one. That's the song he's talking about. Don't ask me why I know that. It's definitely not my generation, but uh, somehow it's. I guess it's an iconic song. You would know it, right, Jay? You knew the song. I actually don't. You didn't know that? Oh, I thought you were the big music guy around here. Okay. Well, coming up is your chance to ask Amy anything. You've got a few minutes left to send your questions to our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, or to our Facebook page. I am telling you that Jay likes creative, unique questions. And for our video version of Ask Amy Anything, he's going to go Thanksgiving and food. Of course, football, if there's questions that don't have to do with my Super Bowl prediction. uh, Holidays. That's kind of the feel. That's the place where we are right now. So if you're looking for an in with Jay, I just gave it to you. That's coming up in 15 minutes here on the show, or maybe it's closer to 17 minutes here on the show. <laughs> uh, but straight ahead, it's interesting the reaction to Derek Carr crying. um. Uh, After another loss for the Raiders, I gave you my reaction. There are players who are rallying to him and others who are saying that's ridiculous, la, 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 You'll hear from a former NFL QB who actually has a different criticism of Derek Carr. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You
0: are listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
4: Coming to the After
3: Hours Podcast.
4: Got the broken record. You know, appreciate the
3: fight that our guys have. Um, and congratulate the Colts. They obviously made a few more plays than we did, Um, you know, but we're going to have to learn how to take some of these uh, close losses and make some of the plays that we need to make throughout the course of the game. It doesn't just come down to the last drive. I'm just pissed off about some of the things,
0: you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice. What we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place.
3: This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
2: The voices of Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr. It has been tough, challenging, disappointing, frustrating. Certainly, it's been disheartening. If you are the Las Vegas Raiders or a fan of the Las Vegas Raiders, they now fall to 2-7. and They've lost three in a row. And twice over the course of those seven losses, they've coughed up 17-point leads. They are not playing consistent football. Uh, They certainly have lost guys to injuries. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. But that's not the biggest issue from the very beginning they've looked so discombobulated they seemingly lack leadership it feels like that to me and i know they got a brand new coach and i get that he's trying to establish his own system and culture and he's working with a quarterback that he didn't necessarily hand pick and yet this team has got a lot of high profile star players The big change was Josh McDaniels. So it's a huge spotlight on the former Patriots offensive coordinator. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Now, the owner of the Raiders, Mark Davis, has come out and given both Josh, well, he's given Josh and the franchise his vote of confidence. People in today's world want instant gratification. The guys coach nine games. We're two and seven. Not the results we're looking for, but at the same time, we've lost six. One score games with the ball and a chance to win at the end. He told ESPN, I gave Josh my vote of confidence when I signed him to a contract to be coach of the Raiders. That's when I gave it to him. Rome was not built in a day. McDaniels has said, hey, we're building. I've never used the word rebuilding. It's the National Football League. We don't have five years to do that. He said it's slower, it's more painful than anybody wants it to be. These were his comments on Monday, but we're working on it. We're building. Now, Derek Carr, he got so emotional because he was frustrated. He is frustrated. He's, as he said, pissed off about the fact that they can't get the results. And can I just quickly hold this up to you? The Minnesota Vikings have one blowout. They're eight and one. They have one blowout. They also handily beat the Dolphins when they didn't have Tua Tango Valoa. But for the most part, they win these games with rallies in the second halves, and they do it by one score, a field goal, a touchdown, by the slimmest of margins. We just talked about it with Paul out at the top of the hour. They don't blow teams out. Things could be going so differently for the Raiders, but that's part of establishing a winning culture. It's part of change. These are growing pains. According to longtime NFL quarterback Rich Gannon, who is part of the 33rd team, this is on Derek Carr.
0: Let me just pay off what's going on with the Raiders' offense as it relates to Derek Carr. You know, Derek hasn't played horribly, but he really hasn't played well, especially late in games. At some point, he has to step up and play better. I think there's enough tools in the
3: toolbox to get it done, and Derek Carr hasn't especially when they needed him the most late in games. If you look at his one-loss record, 59-77, and
0: that really says it all. Derek Carr has to find a way to put this team on his shoulders and get them to the finish line.
2: I respect Rich Gannon as a guy who quarterbacked in the NFL at the highest level, but I disagree with him. And I'm not saying Derek Carr is playing perfect, but if you look back over that record, the record that he just cited that goes back years with the Raiders, what's been the common denominator about this team now for several years? The defense stinks. The defense stinks. And even now, they're in the bottom four teams in the league in points against, meaning their defense is giving up 25 points per game. They're actually middle of the road when it comes to their offense and their points four in each game. They're 14th in the league. Devontae Adams has eight touchdowns. Josh Jacobs has seven touchdowns. Derek Carr is thrown for 13 touchdowns. Again, I'm not telling you he's playing perfectly. They're missing some major pieces. But he's got 13 TDs and five interceptions. Now, it does matter what you do in the clutch. but you look at his passer rating... Right, it's about 90. It's not awesome. His completion percentage, though, is above 62%. He could play better, yes. But the idea that Derek Carr is responsible for why the Raiders have lost the last several years is ridiculous. They actually were a playoff team last year against all odds. And what bothers me is that the defense has been so porous for the last few years. Derek's numbers have been really good in some of these recent seasons, and yet he gets blamed for it. So, again, I respect Rich Gannon. He's going to see things through the eyes of a quarterback. But this is not all on Derek Carr. And I'm not even sure the majority of it is on Derek Carr. I would say it's on the defense, and I would also say it's on Josh McDaniels because he's the leader. He's the one who's making changes. He's the one who's trying to establish the culture. Derek is now playing for, what, his third different coach since he was in uh, Las, Ve- well, Las Vegas slash Oakland? I think Derek is an above-average QB. I think the defense has been sucky which is why they brought in pieces to bolster that defense in a division like the AFC West, where you have Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Yes, I'm rolling my eyes at Russell Wilson, but still, there was the idea of Russell Wilson and Derek. The defense has been the weak link for the Raiders for years. Straight ahead, your chance to ask Amy anything. So it's back after a week hiatus. Send your last-minute questions, you procrastinators, to our show Twitter, After Hours CBS. You can also send them to our Facebook page. Producer James wants to be impressed i just call you james for the first time like years
4: you actually did that last hour too whoa because like, i'm mad at you
2: i guess i don't know all right what does your mom call you when she's mad oh never mind i do not want to be compared to your mom just scratch that for the record i don't know why i said that ew gross okay coming up <laughs> i don't
4: know why you're mad at either, right. <laughs> I,
2: I was being facetious i'm not oh. mad at you but why, i don't know why i went to the mom thing that's please yeah, we'll take that out of the podcast <laughs> Here's, <laughs> what were you going to say what what did you just say i said forgotten forgotten yeah
0: odyssey celebrates mother's day brought to you by t-mobile you can count on t-mobile to help you stay connected on america's largest 5g network
3: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Time to ask Amy anything.
4: Sort of.
2: Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. All right. It's been two weeks since a real, genuine, actual, typical hump show. Uh, because I took a personal day this time last week. So you didn't get asked me Amy anything. Maybe absence makes the heart grow fonder and you've sent the best questions ever. But that will be up to producer Jay, not James. I don't even know who producer James is. <laughs> He's Did you miss it last week? Of course I missed it no, last week. No, you lie. You love working with other people.
4: <laughs> I didn't say that. I always get sick when you're not here, actually. So quite the contrary. It is a
2: little weird, yes. Uncanny.
4: All right, let's go into this. So, we know that you went going to see Jaws with the live symphony orchestra and the music being played with it. What was that, two weeks ago now? Two weekends ago? It was Halloween weekend. So, maybe almost three now at this point. Mm-hmm. So, Fierce Turtle, I guess, didn't hear our review or your review. and he wants I don't to know, actually
2: think I gave one, did I? I feel yeah. like it was super busy and we never, because that was the week of the World Series. Yeah. And, the of course, NFL and college football, blah, 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 blah.
4: So, we might have mentioned it a little, but Fierce Turtle wants to know, on a scale of one to ten, How was the Jaws movie with the live orchestra? He goes, I'm thinking of surprising my wife with a trip from Georgia to Wisconsin to see it in 2023 when it's there, as she's a huge Jaws fan.
2: Okay, so not the New Jersey Symphony Orchestra, but a different orchestra. Uh, On a scale of 1 to 10, I would rate it a 50. And not just because I'd never seen the movie before. Now, the friend I went with, she had seen the movie, so she enjoyed kind of experiencing it through my eyes. I honestly didn't know what to expect. I refused to Google it. I knew nothing about the plot line except there was a ginormous shark and they were on the water, that's all I knew. But being in an auditorium with amazing acoustics and the movie's playing on a big screen above you, not above you, but like directly out in front of you. And I'm a huge John Williams fan. He's my favorite composer. And this was his music, his score. It brings a movie to life to have a symphony orchestra play every score, every note of the movie live, including the intro, including the iconic dun dun, including the end of it, amazing, absolutely amazing. The way the, mu- the music crescendos in the dramatic parts of the movie, all of that, it, I'm telling you, it brings it to life. So I rated a 50, even if it was a movie I didn't care about, um, but definitely the experience, and I would say do it. Absolutely do it, because if she's a huge Jaws fan, she'll get to experience an old movie, an old favorite in a way that she never has before. Still sounds awesome. It's amazing.
4: David wants to know, well, he says, I know you're a big fan of history. If you had a time machine, what historical event would you want to go back? and Oh, witness?
2: so easy. I know the answer to this one. I would want to go see man walk on the moon in 1969. Uh, I know we just marked the 50th anniversary a couple of years ago. I watched documentaries on it. In fact, I've shared them with producer Jay because he's also a, a big fan of space and space travel. I go visit space shuttles. I'm i just love the the nasa history but specifically that moment that changed everything for the united states that race that we were uh, engaged in to get the first men on the moon i've heard the audio but i wish that i could have experienced what was a worldwide phenomenon but really in the united states so many americans who stayed up in the middle of the night depending on where they were to watch this i i feel like that type of togetherness you just don't get very often anymore but to to see it happen on grainy TV or on a grainy video, I just I wish I had been alive then. I wish I had been part of that.
4: Alright, stay with me on this one. Trent Uh-oh. wants to know. Shoot. It's 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 not, nothing bad, it's just a little wordy. If okay. you could choose between a two week staycation at home mm-hmm. or one month trip with a new location every three days, which <gasps> one would you choose?
2: Holy crap. Well, whose dime is it?
4: You don't have to pay for anything.
2: You're paying for it?
4: I'm paying for it. It's <laughs> on me.
2: Jay is independently wealthy, which is why he can work in radio. Uh, two weeks staycation or a month traveling and seeing new places, but I have to move every three days. I kind of feel like three days is a fair amount of time to see enough of a city that you feel like you have gotten the gist and you can also see the site to maybe take an excursion here or there i love to travel it's not that i don't want to stay home and i i do have a, a big trip that i want to take coming up in the next few years actually a couple of them but one in particular that i'm already thinking about and planning i won't do it until benny is is gone because i can't leave her for that long So if I don't have my dog, then it would be a month on the road experiencing new places, new cultures, new languages, new food. Though I'm really careful about what I eat outside the United States simply because I've had some bad experiences. I had salmonella from undercooked chicken in Ecuador. It was the worst. But yeah, I've been to a lot of places that are phenomenal. Ecuador, Cuba, uh, Mozambique, South Africa. I've been to a few countries in Europe, though not mainland Europe. I absolutely would like to see more of this amazing world that we live in.
4: Nice. This next one's a little
2: similar. Who's coming with me? Who's paying for it and who's coming with me? If I'm paying for it, I don't even get to go to this. I didn't say you couldn't. I just said, who's coming with me? I don't have to do it alone, right? Because I stink in directions. I'm this sounds direction. like a, an extended version of the Amazing Race. Aren't we going to do that?
4: <laughs> that is in the cards, for the future. <laughs> yes, that's a plan. All right, this next one's a little similar to that that's one.
2: It. Don't start the rumors. Jay and I are going to travel the world. We're kick. We're we're like busting out of the CBS Sports Radio jail, and we're going to travel the world, or
4: at least Montana.
2: Oh, okay. Yes.
4: <laughs> so DJ's wants to know: Would you rather be given five million dollars today? but never be able to collect a paycheck ever again or be handed $200 a day in cash and continue to live your normal life.
2: The latter, I, I could not be unemployed or unemployable the rest of my life. I also have a, I have a gift for radio and I want to share it with people or I want to teach about radio I there, I would be bored out of my mind my mother is a, is 76 years old she's still teaching full time though she did drop the this is my last year again I heard it again uh, it, I said mom you say that every year I know but really this is okay mom anyway I'm going to be like my mom she's Full, full-time full teacher at 76. I don't think I'll be doing this at 76 because I'm going to have different priorities, hopefully by then be married and have a family. Uh, but at the same time, I do not want to sit around and pick my nose, nor nor can I stay home and stare at the walls and ha- clean all the time. I'd be bored out of my mind. So I would rather not be rich. I don't care about money. It does not matter to me at all as long as I can pay my bills and continue to work as long as I choose.
4: $200 a day is pretty nice. Not bad.
2: It's more than what we make in radio, yes. <laughs>
4: it's sustainable. All right, last one before rapid fire. Well, I guess so. I feel Maybe like work. I
2: spend $200 a week just on groceries these days. Yeah. What about rent?
4: Well, per day you get it. So if you spend it on a grow, then you just get it right back. Did you do th- Okay, we won't do
2: the math. Anyway, Jay's living in a fantasy world. Go ahead.
4: Therese wants to know, if you could be an animal for one week, what would you be?
2: I would be a she-lion. I know that the lions are kings of the jungle, but do you know who runs the pride? Do you know who is in charge? The lioness. I am lioness. Hear me roar. So yes, I've always been fascinated with big cats, and I do think lions are amazing. They're amazing moms. They're amazing. Uh, they're amazing bosses. Uh, they're just—they're gorgeous. They're loud, but they're also very feminine. They take care of their babies. Yeah, I'd want to be a lioness for a week. I like that. All right, rapid. I don't want to eat any carrion though.
4: Rapid fire to close us out. Skittles or M and M's? M and M's. Purple or pink?
2: Oh, that's not fair. Purple.
4: Green or yellow?
2: Neither. I mean, yellow makes me happier. I don't wear either green or yellow. Those are two colors I don't wear.
4: Hippopotamus or rhino?
2: I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Heron or stork? It's a heron, you goofball. (laughs) Either one. (laughs) You know what I mean. Uh, I'll take a, a heron. They're pretty amazing to watch.
4: Rainy day or snowy night?
2: Snowy night. Every day. Snowy night. Every day.
4: Last one here. Snowball fight or water balloon fight? Oh,
2: snowball fight. It means we get to play out in the snow. I'm a good New Hampshire girl. I'm all about the snow. Okay. Jay will continue to collect your best and unique and creative questions. Thumbs up or thumbs down? How are we doing? Video version of Ask Amy Anything? Pretty good, actually. Okay. Thanksgiving holiday football themes. That's coming up in the next few days. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.